Welcome back to another edition of the Community Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined finally uh, by all three of us in the same place at the same time, well, at least digitally. Rob Cassidy uh, from lovely Miami. Rob, how's it going? I want to become one of those guys that quote tweets recruits and then just says exactly what the recruit says in my quote tweet. Well, <laughs> that's an attainable goal, at least. <laughs> setting setting the benchmark. <laughs> I like I'm when the kid- Louisville Three-star recruit committed to Louisville. I like when uh, the kids make fun of uh, reporters, uh, us, our brethren who do that, which uh, which always makes me laugh. I send those to you a lot. So, and they don't seem to get it either that they're being mocked, which is maybe the best part. Well, we got to be doing something. That's what we get paid to do stuff. So, uh, Nick, you're always doing something. <laughs> how's, how's it going out in Texas? So, uh, you know, this about this time a year ago, Rob Cassidy poses the question to me: How does somebody become a Jacksonville Jaguars fan? And lo and behold, one year later, my prized team of my childhood, Jacksonville Jaguars, making a reappearance in the National Football League playoffs when league popularity is an all-time low. I thought come- of you. I was so happy for you when I saw that. Yeah, you know, hey, patience is a virtue, and it finally paid off. Well, boy, speaking of which, you want to get right into the rants. How about your boy, Jadavion Clowney, calling Blake Bortles trash after they, I think they beat him by a combined like 74 to 14 in the two games this season. Uh, did you see that quote? I did see that, you know, in Blake's stat line, I think he was what, like 21 for 29 for 325 passing yards and three touchdowns and do you know, take that for data, Jadavion. <laughs> yeah, you know, Blake Bortles, of course, famously had a menu item named after himself at the Townhouse Restaurant in Oviedo, where I also have a menu item. So obviously, we're kindred spirits. <laughs> and I know Blake dating back to even when, before I covered recruiting, uh, when I covered high school football uh, solo. And guess what? I root for him as well. Uh, I always send Nick clips of them making fun of him on the Good Place. He's a running, it's a running joke on there to make fun of Blake Bortles and the Jaguars. And uh, if if they keep rolling along like they are, I think he's going to have to get a cameo at some point. Don't you think? I mean, you you got to strike while the iron's hot. You know, his 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 stock has never been higher as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> he could easily throw uh, four interceptions next week. So, uh, real quick, we want to remind everybody, of course, please uh, leave us reviews, tell a friend. This is the time of year we got a lot of new listeners. Hopefully, you're not too annoyed uh, with us and all our stupid inside jokes that that aren't really that funny. Uh, but but we do pride ourselves on uh, having a good show, and we're trying to get more people to listen. So please please share. It's ad free. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Delivered free. Just just da- tell them to download it. They don't even have to listen. Um, so you can find us on every major uh, podcast uh, service. Now, last week Rob did not uh, participate in the podcast. Somehow participated in Andy Staples podcast, which uh, you know that was we found that. What did you think of that, Nick? That 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 Rob was essentially cheating on us with with Andy. I didn't. I didn't even know it. He did a great job of cheating. See, look at me under the radar. I I did it only because I didn't have my microphone with me in in Hattiesburg slash New Orleans where I was. And Andy, uh, he does his podcast via Skype. We do not. We do it via Zencaster with microphones. So I was able to sound like not like I'm on Mars with Andy. Whereas if I would have been on this podcast, it would have sounded like I was locked in a vault. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we do have higher sound quality than than Andy. Sorry, Andy. Get get off the Skype train. I did listen to it. We did plug the show. So uh, maybe we have some new listeners from that as well. Um, But we did pick one game. uh, The Las Vegas Bowl is the only game so far to feature a ranked team. It was Boise State against Oregon. I think Nick and I both picked Oregon to win, but we picked Boise to cover. Uh, That's the only thing that matters. Boise State, of course, easily won that game in a in, in blowout fashion. Probably could have won by about fifty if it weren't for a couple of turnovers. Uh, and we both picked the over. So guess what, Nick? You and I go two and zero oh, uh, to improve. Uh, Nick, you're now thirty one twenty seven and three on the season. I'm twenty thirty eight and three. And Rob did not make picks. Forget surprisingly forgot to put something on the sheet uh <laughs> it remains at 36 20 and 3 so we are not going to pick any games this week because we have the early signing period come up we don't have any ranked teams playing we'll probably do another podcast at the end of the signing period at which point we will uh give you some some bonus picks so let's roll right into it we we finally have we had nick saban come out this week and say he does not. He does hasn't talked to one coach who likes the early signing period we've got kids getting dropped right and left we've got homeless people we've got you know kids kids with dead moms and then all types of things happening behind the scenes and power struggles between handlers and coaches and high school coaches so i wanted to, to, to 
take our first topic and just sit here and give our thoughts on it. We know if you listen to this show dating back to when even this was being discussed, I was, you know, solidly against it from from the get-go. I just never really saw the the upside to it. Uh, I think it was pushed by you know, a bunch of old sports writers who who would, you know, have notoriety in the college football world, but don't actually cover recruiting. And somehow they got mad at people announcing on TV and thought it needed to be stopped. Uh, so so that was the idea. Now, of course, there'll just be two periods where kids can announce on TV. Uh, so anyway, Rob, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on it? And, and how have you thought, you know, how has it gone compared to what you expected, at least uh, as we as we get ready to head into it uh, tomorrow by the time people listen to this? I mean, I think the three of us kind of called it. We knew this was going to be at least some semblance of disaster. Uh, I've really been intrigued by the public spats. Uh, you know, we had Tennessee has angered the entire town of Tampa, <laughs> the entire football community of Tampa, because they dropped Michael Penix, who had been committed there for roughly a year. Uh, a week before the early signing period when he was planning to sign, the coaching change happens, they drop him. And then publicly on Twitter, all these coaches come out and start chastising the new staff of Tennessee. Uh, so they didn't waste any time alienating Tampa, the Tampa area, which I knew would happen. I mean, I didn't know it would be the Tampa area and I didn't know it would be Tennessee, but you kind of knew now that you've got two periods a year for kids to get dropped uh, leading into it, the public spats, and you've got, a, it, when it happens, in the early signing period now, these public spats that unfold on the internet and elsewhere have a longer time to kind of fester uh, because we tend to move on in the media and you know people that train recruits and handle recruits tend to move on after the, the cycle is over. You know, So when you have a kid dropped this early in the cycle, uh, it gives them a chance to kind of fight that power struggle all the way through February. And I think we'll see a lot of that uh, going forward. Yeah, I mean, I I see it two ways, and people are saying, "Well, better the kids find out they're being dropped now." Well, is it? Oh, there'll I mean, be another. But here's the thing: there's going to be another round of kids getting dropped. This isn't like going to cure people getting dropped before February. They'll just take commitments from kids that they'll drop before February. It's just going to happen twice. Well, I feel like kids. Some kids are being told to wait to sign, which is essentially. Which for some schools is true. I mean, you, you've got you've got some teams, especially out west, pushing for that. But then you also have uh, you also have teams telling guys to wait to sign because they intend on dropping them, and they're not telling them that they're dropping them. Um, you've also you've also got kids who are just not going to receive letters, uh, who are then going to find out they're dropped when they can't sign, and now some of those kids are planning to enroll early. I I just think. Like you said, it just gives another opportunity for chaos and not to mention we're going to have all these coaching changes. So, so Nick, this is obviously your first time going through this. Seems like it's been relatively quiet in Texas on on this front in terms of, you know, the drama. But what have been your takeaways so far? Uh, Well, on a personal level, it really doesn't make a difference to me very much because, (laughs) you know, we we all we all have to we all have to adapt and you know, cover things as they happen regardless. So, um, you know, I think, I think I'm in the, you know, I'm in the, I have the unique advantage of, uh, you know, having a few of the major schools, you know, you know, Tom Herman was hired last year. Uh, Matt rule was hired last year. They're still very much in the kind of like the honeymoon phases with both of those, uh, with both of those teams, you know, you're looking at what happened with Texas A&M and, and, you know, basically landing on, landing on their feet as best as they could with with Jimbo even though there's some things to get sorted out there I mean that could have gone in a very different direction had they not hired such a high profile name I mean really the the most interesting thing that I think that I've seen kind of shake things up is Chad Morris going to Arkansas and uh you know immediately uh coming after a lot of A&M recruits and and other other players in the state um you know pulling some kids from his class that he had at SMU um, but for the most part, I mean, you know, every, everybody's kind of known that all the major players, as far as recruits go, uh, have been committed to the to their respective schools for some times. And, and it doesn't seem as though uh, there's there's going to be a lot of drama involved with many of them. And I, and I think why this was pushed by some people was, OK, the, the, the thought process was these smaller schools are going to not have their players poached late in the process, which is probably going to happen. It's probably going to be true for for some of these schools. But like you said, SMU loses their coach. Not only do they lose their coach, they get half their recruiting class poached. And who exactly are they supposed to fill it up with? Because the other the other prospects at their level are going to theoretically be signed. So you're going to have these coaches come into a new situation and have to reach for players. And I just don't know. I don't know where they're going to be. I, 
well, what, my my question is my question is that I mean you guys say that this is you know there's an extra there's an extra period of time for players to get dropped but really I mean is it, does not the math all equal the same you know the same number of players going to schools as there would be in any other year it's just a matter of them half of them getting signed earlier than than they were before right I mean you know the way things shake out it, it was it was always going to end up shaking out this way I think in Texas specifically I mean there's there's a lot of kids that I think haven't gotten you know, gotten the necessary looks or attention that, you know, that I would have uh, thought that they would have had by now. I think, I think maybe if, if that's, you know, if players are getting dropped and, or, or there's an added focus and an added period of time for evaluation, I think that kind of works in the benefit of some of these guys that have kind of, you know, still flown under the radar to this point. It works in their benefit. If we're going to be honest about this, who it hurts the most is these power schools, because when it comes time, usually, all right, let's say Florida state strikes out on a kid. Uh, usually they could reach into USF and poach a kid from that class who is a backup to a backup or whatever. And that happens. You know, you'll see power five schools get their kids poached. Well, now those backup kids are signed. So Florida State can't take a player from Cincinnati uh, if it wants to. And, you know, that's that's who's hurt here. And I think that's why you see Saban complaining about it. I don't think that you'll see as much of – you'll see as many complaints from the Cincinnati's and, you know, UTSA's of the world, as you will, the Alabama's and the Ohio State's because their backup options are all now locked up. And they're going to have to go further down their list when it comes time to, to make these adjustments in late January and early February. Right. That's my point. My point is, where do you find, <laughs> okay, we, we will talk about this. Where, like uh, Texas A&M has 15 commits. Where are they going to find these kids? Because they're like, like Rob said, they're going to sign with UTSA or they're going to sign with Texas state or whoever. I mean, where are you going to find, like you said, there's the same amount of players in theory, but, but, where will they be found? I don't. I don't understand. Like where anybody well, is, that, is that not is that not on the? I, I mean, we're you know we're 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 talking about these players as though they don't have a um, opinion of themselves here. I mean, I mean, isn't isn't it possible that like like I I personally I kind of like you know re- relative to the expectation for how Texas State does year in and year out or has done for the past couple of years, I actually kind of like you know the kids in their class. You know, for you know relative to the expectation of the team. I mean, could it could it be that some of those kids still think that, you know, hey, I'm I'm committed to Texas State right now, but I still, you know, I still think enough of myself that, you know, something could change or does that not fall on, you know, the responsibility of a of a handler or an uncle or something to 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 give them that confidence? Because, you know, maybe maybe uh, you know, maybe these schools like uh like a Texas State or a UTSA that has, you know, that has a, a, a pretty nice class, you know, they you know, they they see some of their kids hold off in in anticipation that some of those power programs still come through for them. Yeah, it's about gambling on yourself in that situation, I guess. And we'll see who does and who doesn't. But you know, they're all going to be persuaded to sign, and especially at that level. I think those coaches can are in more of a position to lean on these kids than you know a Georgia is with a Justin Fields who has options uh, that can tell them either sign now or you're done. Uh, and then it becomes a very real game of of how much do you believe in yourself. Yeah, like I said, but how is that benefit? So who who does this rule benefit? That's what I want to know. I just I want to say, the who small, does- I, I mean, I would assume the UTSAs of the world would be my guess. All right. Well, guess what? Sorry, you know, sorry, Coach Wilson. I know you're a nice guy, but big the little schools are all don't pay the bills around here. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't, I don't necessarily like you said. If Nick Saban's against it. Other people are against it. I mean, the, the schools I think that are that are benefiting are Oklahoma, Clemson, schools like that that have a that have a you know solid coaching situation, not a lot of assistance changing, and a lot of long term commits. Anybody else? It's just like it just seems like we added a bunch of chaos for nothing. And and the thought was, oh well, you know now these schools won't have to worry about you know continually recruiting their own commits. That's like that's fine, but at the same time, you've now got kids, as we mentioned, getting getting pressured uh, to sign with lower schools and maybe limiting their options. Uh, and and for what? I don't. I don't because that benefits the coaches, doesn't benefit the players at all. So I, I don't necessarily see. I don't see why we needed this, especially three days before Christmas. I mean, you know, it's just. It, it just seems like a total hassle. You've got teams playing in bowl games when they're supposed to be having official visitors. I mean, think about all these. Te- there's teams playing in bowl games during the signing period. Yeah, Oregon had that- to cancel, right? They had to cancel a visit weekend. Right. Yeah, Oregon and Boise State. The Boise State coach was trying to f- fly straight back to campus to meet kids. And it's like, 
I mean, there has to be better timing. And and people say, oh, it needs to be at the beginning of the season. Well, no, it doesn't because then 20 schools are going to fire their coaches. And then what happens? It's total chaos a second time. And that's the other thing. When Leach was on the podcast, he said that, you know, then you also have another, you don't, another round of grades you don't get to see. So you end up signing kids uh, without even seeing their first semester grades, which can, you know, especially around here can result in a total disaster. Right. So, so how does this, I just don't, I just don't get, (laughs) <laughs> I just don't get it flat out. I don't see why we needed it. I don't see what the difference is. I, I honestly think this was a narrative pushed by people who don't like watching kids pick from hats on a table. You got Rob, what's your take on that? Do you th- <laughs> I mean, I think there's something to that probably. And I think it's also, uh, you know, the coaches, it's not like the coaches didn't have a hand in this. Right. Well, they're complicit. I'm, that's why one thing they came up with the idea. So, you know, congratulations. Um, you know, you guys, you, congratulations, you played yourself. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Walked right into that one. So we'll see how everything plays out. I do think we're still going to have a lot of hurt feelings. There's going to be a lot of stuff that goes down over the next uh, three to five days that's going to come to light. And it's going to put these a lot of these coaches in a, in a bad light. And it's going to be players getting dropped. It's going to be guys not having spots and, and all types of things. And I, I just uh, I, I see some ugliness coming. What I'm most excited for is the after signing day window where the assistant coaches leave and then all the kids went out of their letter of intent. And then they are also like, well, I was really pressured to sign in this and I was lied to and said he wasn't leaving and then he left. Uh, and that's going to become public and we're going to have even more public spats. And, you know, everybody likes a little drama. So I suppose there will be plenty of that. Well, normally we could just ignore it, right? That, when that happens in February, we're on to the next, right? Yep. <laughs> because the kids are signed. There's nothing they can do. Now they're going to be actively campaigning and there's still other kids that are going to sign. We essentially have to pay attention to it. Is so, there not, uh, has there not been an official uh, kind of like protocol laid out for, for that sort of scenario? Because I remember... No, they're stuck. Yeah, they're well, stuck. That's the rule. You're Sorry, you're screwed. There's not like an appeals, you know, kid, so kids are just going to complain. It's going to fall... On deaf ears, yeah, they're gonna have to sit out a year. Yeah, they're gonna have to sit out a year if they want to transfer. Yeah. Oh, but then, yeah, okay. I wonder how many kids will actually take that step then at that at that point. I think some, some of them will, sure, but some of them might just let it ride. You know, I got the new, uh, I got the new Florida State running backs coach in my mentions here on Twitter, favoriting tweets. So uh, looks like he's already recruiting for. uh, for florida state um so anyway yeah i I don't know it's a total i think it's a total mess i hate it i'm really grouchy about it i would like to uh, spend my birthday in peace off a bit as my mom would say um but uh not gonna happen so i want to do a game uh, where we play here where uh, we make some commitment predictions i know the obviously the three of us cover uh three varying parts of uh you know the country where we have a lot of elite recruits so it's prediction time. I think, honestly, I think a lot of these are easy. This year. Don't you guys think with guys that are that are signing early, we've got a pretty pretty uh, easy how everything's going to shake out? Yeah, I think it's a pretty light load, especially uh, in Florida, where for once it seems like the committed kids are all going to mostly going to sign with where they're committed to. You should write some stories on that. <laughs> <laughs> committed kids still committed? My, yeah. favorite, my favorite genre of recruiting story. Right. Okay, so let's start with the number six player in the country, uh, Patrick Sertain, the the defensive back. Of course, uh, his dad played at Florida State, correct, Rob? Correct. Uh, his, but his dad is also from New Orleans, which uh, explains the connections uh, to LSU as a school he's considering. So uh, it seems like he's going to LSU. That's uh, at least from the outside looking in when I was there, people were talking about it. So, so what's your dad, pick, Rob? First of all, his dad played at Southern Miss, not Florida State. Oh, Southern Miss? Why did I think he played at Florida um, State? I, I don't just know. Made that up? I, I think so. I don't. I don't know why else. But. Yeah, right. okay. <laughs> he played for the Miami Impressive Dolphins. Maybe that's it. Yeah, I definitely remember him playing for the Miami Dolphins and coming over to Naples uh, as a some type of player ambassador. When Nick and I would have to go cover these little kids camps and write the same story three times a year. Um, so I remember that. But yeah, I, I, for some reason I thought he played at Florida State. My bad. So that makes sense why he went to Southern Miss, so close to New Orleans. He won't be signing. Uh, Sertain Jr., I don't think he's going to sign in the early period, but I think he's going to LSU. Uh, I think he was seriously considering Florida State until all hell broke loose there and the coaching change. Uh, and, you know, the only other player really is Clemson, I guess, uh, in Alabama. But I think he'll he'll end up at LSU. Uh, so he's going to make us wait then. We're going to have another month of drama for him. Yeah, he's not signing in this period. Anymore. 
Okay, good. I like it. <laughs> okay, Anthony Cook, Nick, the, the uh, five-star cornerback, number eight player in the country. LSU, Texas, uh, Ohio State. Seems like Texas has momentum. I don't know. What What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh, and and I and I wouldn't even I wouldn't even put it past him to to you know he's he said that he's wanted to commit and sign uh, during this early period, but he also said that he wanted to commit on October thirtieth. He said you know he's moved his commitment date around several times. And uh, each time with the, you know, with the, you know, the the rationale being that he's, you know, he just hasn't been able to make a decision yet. He's just, everybody's just too close uh, to each other. Nobody separated themselves. I think I think the reason that I honestly think that the reason uh, there's so there's perceived to be so much momentum for Texas is just because of the, you know, general uh, longhorn leaning, you know, media bias here in the state. I mean, I, I personally think, you know, I, I've always thought it was Ohio state. I recently, I thought LSU was probably, you know, more, more likely to get it. And looking at LSU's class now, they've only got, you know, they've only got one DB committed, even with certain coming in there. You know, I think, I think in terms of proximity, um, his relationship with the, you know, with the coaching staff there, um, you know, the fact that even though a guy like him isn't worried about competition, uh, it is, it is future team. There's definitely an easier path to, to more significant playing time, you know, within the, even within this class, I, I tend to lean LSU, but, uh, I, I don't feel strongly about that. Okay. All right. On to the next one. Uh, let's see. We have, uh, so we got a couple of guys here, Jamari Sawyer from Georgia. I think we all think he's going to Georgia, um, despite his best efforts to uh, drum up some interest. Uh, it's a big get for them. Five-star offensive guard. Uh, as we move down the list, we've got all types of names. Cade Mays, number 15 player in the country, previous podcast guest, just returned from official visit to Georgia, down to Georgia, Clemson, and Ohio State. I think Ohio State kind of a courtesy in there. I am going to predict that he does pick Clemson. He is going to sign early, and that'll be a major get for them. That'll be the third highly ranked prospect they've pulled out of the Knoxville area in the last uh, year. Uh, if you count Amari Rogers and T. Higgins, I mean, that's brutal. If you're a Clemson fan, I don't, you know, I, I don't really think you can blame Jeremy Pruitt. I think the damage was done there, but the fact that you know, this kid was bleeding. I mean, go back and listen to the podcast. He was bleeding Tennessee orange in September. And now he, they're not even uh, a finalist for him. And I think that's actually one of the, but how is the uh, hunting in, in Clemson, South Carolina? I mean, is he going to be able well, to animals with his bare hands there? Yeah, yeah, have to go you better believe it. You know, you can do a lot of hunting in that, that area. You know, that's right across the state line from, uh, from Georgia. So, uh, you can get after it, go in those blue Ridge mountains and, and, uh, you know, that, that take the back roads from Knoxville to Clemson and, and, you know, strangle all types of mountain goats and all types of things. Yeah, I always picture him hunting with his bare hands when I think about Cade. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, you know, let, let, don't let me get started talking on hunting because I made the mistake of uh, of angering people on Twitter recently and it, it, it led to the hunting, hunting Twitter got me good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to avoid that one. Uh, next up, Rob, this is a tough one for you. Our boy, another podcast guest, Brendan Radley-Hiles, also known as Buki. Uh, he seems to be taking uh, – does he have 20 official visits? Must get, get five. I think he's got 20, 25. Hey, he's got an exception to visit every school in the country. <laughs> I don't even know. Who is he deciding between? So This is what – all right. So this is why – I'm going to guess Oklahoma and this is why. Okay. When he took that official visit to Oklahoma – there were supposedly people in the room that were like, he's committed to Oklahoma. And you know how this happens sometimes. And then, of course, he's like, I'm not committed to Oklahoma. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I don't know if that was try to drum up suspense or whatever. But usually when something like that leaks out, uh, it usually ends up to come to fruition, I think. So I would pick the Sooners. Okay. Yeah, that that's a weird one. I I thought there was a chance that, that they could get him back in the fold at Nebraska with Scott Frost. But, uh, you know, it, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. I, I do think it was... It was interesting the way it all played out. Now, James Cook, number 18 player in the country, committed to Georgia, of course, as we tried to warn people. He was not going quietly into the night. No. He, uh, he was at Florida State this weekend. His former high school coach uh, was hired uh, by Willie Taggart uh, for a position TBD there with the Seminoles. Uh, and then, of course, James Cook is on campus. What do we think happens with him, Rob? So the way that this has gone with him is that he was committed to Florida State forever. Committed to decommitted, then committed to Georgia and said, there's no way I'm signing during the early signing period. And about 
three weeks ago, he's like, I'm signing with Georgia during the early signing period. Uh, then he pops up on campus at Florida State, and now it's everybody's wondering, is he going to sign with Georgia? My take would be, I'm not going to predict where he's going to land. I just don't think he's going to – I don't think he's signing with anybody this week. I, I just – knowing him as long as I've known him and knowing how fickle his recruitment's been, and you can attest to this, he's just I – don't, I don't think he's very decisive in anything. Uh, and I can't see him being the kind of guy that's going to be pressured into signing early if he doesn't want to. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. I think he he waits it out. Um, as, we, as we move down the list, Justin Ross from uh, Phoenix City. Rob, you spent some time talking to him. I know Clemson had been confident for a while, but I'm, I'm, I'm not sure why he hasn't committed yet. Did, did you get the vibe from him that it's still going to be Clemson? Yeah, I still think it's Clemson. And talking to the guys on his team at Alabama, Mississippi, when I was stuck in Hattiesburg, they all also think it's Clemson. Uh, so, you know, I tend okay. to go with the, the wave there. All right. Right behind him, Terrace Marshall Jr. from Louisiana. I think uh, he's going to LSU and that's a slam dunk for them. Uh, KJ Henry uh, from North Carolina. He's going to Clemson. That's a slam dunk for them. Notice here, Clemson and LSU, ton of momentum here. I mean, you could imagine Clemson's going to close with, with three or four or five stars and the same could happen uh, for LSU as we go down the list here. Emory Jones. I don't. None of us are going to make a pick here on this one. The quarterback from uh, from Georgia committed to Ohio State. I think he was at Florida this weekend. He was at Florida State this weekend. He did both. He <laughs> he did the old classic double double dip double official visit. Ah, he went he went to Florida the first two days, and then he and he swung over to Florida State. I love when kids do that, especially late in the process. Considering you have months and months and months to take all these visits, and they cram them into a week. I think he is going to flip to Florida. Um, that's just my personal opinion. That seems to be the rumblings. At which point, Ohio State might go down there and get that that Colorado State commit, right, Nick? He's already uh, committed, and he <clears throat> and he will sign earlier. He committed. Well. Florida. Sorry, sorry, he committed to uh, Ohio State. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and oh, and I, I think and and I think too. I think too. When you look at uh, when you look at you know Dan Mullen coming over to Florida, I mean he had he had Jalen Maiden committed. Uh, to Mississippi State and not, you know, wasn't in any sort of uh, hurry to try and, and bring him to Florida either, it seems. So, you know, and then, and then you look at, uh, obviously, you look at uh, Ole Miss, you know, taking, you know, taking the quarterback that had been committed there. Taking, so air quotes, taking. <laughs> so, but but it, just the way the dominoes seem to be falling, that seems to make a lot of sense right now. Okay, so yeah, I, I didn't realize that other kid had committed. I guess that tells you how confident it is Ohio State. What is, is this in, person's in name? Say this, per- say this person's name. That's his old one. Uh, Lake Travis quarterback. Fantastic, fantastic player. Yeah, better person. Good player, better person. Great family. <laughs> great family. Great family. Great family. There. A yes sir, no sir type of guy for sure. Um, and then we'll do a couple extra bonus rounds, not five stars. Devonte Jason, also known as WAP. Uh, longtime Kansas commit. He will end up in Mississippi State. And then uh, Brenton Cox, uh, boy, deciding between Alabama and Georgia. He's another one I wouldn't be surprised uh, to, to kind of uh, you know be a little bit dramatic and uh, and make things play out. So those are our is, picks. Is uh, our other friend, the four-star, uh, sticking with Kansas? I can't remember his name. The tall. Corion, yeah, Corion yeah. Harris. Uh, looks like he will also be flipping. He's still committed. He's the la- one of the last men standing. I would be surprised. Surprised if he didn't sign with uh, Mississippi State as well. So uh, the new coaching staff there at Mississippi State making moves when the coach isn't pocket dialing me. Uh, you know he, he he's making all types he's making all types of uh, moves on the recruiting trail, and I like that. I, I like them to to get down into Louisiana and, and get some of those top ranked guys, and it, it makes sense uh, for him to do that as well. So all right, those are our picks. You have them all. You can hold them to us and tell us how stupid we are. But I think guess what? We're going one hundred percent. How about that? Oh man, that's a bold uh, proclamation there. Especially when you're dealing with James Cook, who could sign, you know, <laughs> sign for Toledo. That would be great. Um, okay, we want to move on. And just when we thought we were finally done talking about Tennessee, uh, we got more drama in Knoxville. Austin Thomas uh, lauded the uh, general manager of the LSU football program, was his title. I believe he was an associate athletic director. He was in charge of recruiting. He was all but announced as a new hire at Tennessee and boy the people the reporters on Twitter were loving it up what a move this is the best move Jeremy Pruitt's ever made he's a genius then you know I get a call on Friday from a friend of the show who shall remain nameless and tells me you know I 
because this same person called me earlier in the week and said, Hey, Austin Thomas is trying to reach you. I was like, well, he can call my phone. You know, <laughs> he asked my phone number. Uh, and uh, he said, yeah, well, you know, this, that, and a third. We move on to Friday. I said, you know, Hey, I haven't heard from Austin. He said, well, he might not be taking that job at Tennessee. <laughs> I was like, what, what do you mean? And we've already been, we've already written how many stories about how big of a slam dunk hire this is. And, Everyone's already uh, congratulating him. Well, it turns out that Austin wasn't, uh, there was some miscommunication on the role he was offered. Uh, you know, I, I had given our Tennessee side a heads up on that, and then they corroborated it. Next thing you know, uh, news was getting broken over the weekend that Austin was indeed not taking the job at Tennessee and uh, was not going back to LSU as far as I know, which makes him available to appear on the podcast, which uh, is interesting. Could you imagine if we could get him on to come and talk about players? Uh, that would be exciting. So it, it, this is the second piece of bad news, in my opinion, to come out about uh, Tennessee. You mentioned the Michael Penix situation earlier in the show. Uh, I don't think it's, you know, I, I think it's too early to, to read too much into it. I just think this is a byproduct of everybody rushing to get the story done. And a lot of times these contracts aren't signed. We know some coaches will be months into their jobs and have not signed their contract for some reason. Rob, you used to be a real reporter. What, what if, what's your take? What's your take on that not not signing contract deal and and somehow we just treat everything as fact? I mean, what, what's your take on it? It happens with head coaches too. I, I mean, I've seen it happen with head coaches that have just coached you know weeks and weeks and weeks. I, I don't know. It's always just kind of been an accepted fact. I, I guess I really don't have a strong opinion on it, which I guess doesn't play well for podcasts. But yeah. I, I mean, it seems weird. But I guess it's it's a handshake agreement type deal. And uh, I guess, you know, when you're dealing with these football coaches, you know, they're just like, you want to talk about your all-time handshake agreement types. You know, my word is as strong as oak kind of people. I, I do think it is a loss for Tennessee because, you know, he, he was well-connected there. But I'm not sure he's, you know, any more connected, you know, than with the same people that Jeremy Pruitt's connected to. Um, I don't think – you know, people say, you know, he did play a key role, especially in Jacoby Stevens and uh, and Jacob Phillips, the two five stars who went down to LSU last year. He did play a big role in that. But if Austin Thomas wasn't at LSU, it's not like, you know, they wouldn't have. Why can't they wouldn't go have back gotten, there? That's my other question. Like, well, I, you know, he resigned and it was a, it's real weird. I, I just think. I think the bottom line is that from what I'm told, Austin wants to eventually be an athletic director. His goals aren't to necessarily become a uh, on the field coach. So to become direct, to go from being associate athletic director at one school to being a director of recruiting or player personnel guy, it was a step down. And I think that's why things fell apart. Man, Tennessee uh, had an opening an athletic director for like a minute and a half. Austin was just a little too yeah. So, well, their current athletic director is out recruiting, so I don't see why Austin couldn't have done it. Uh, and he went through a lot of hoops. There was some, there was a lot of stuff going on there. So we'll see if we can get him on the show. Maybe we, it'll probably be with the caveat that we can't ask him about that. But if he can talk about current players and tell us how stupid we are for some of the rankings we have, I would love to hear that. Oh, because, we know uh, that he'll have no trouble doing that. So yeah, we know he has no problem doing that when I'm on vacation uh, texting me. <laughs> And now that he's unemployed, I could say that, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, it's a weird situation in Tennessee. They will get some commitments here. I think I think I've heard some guys uh, over the weekend that visited may have committed already. I think they're going to close, you know, relatively strong considering, but they're going to be another one of these schools in a situation where they've got 15 signees and where are they going to find these 10 players, you know, these these imaginary players that are going to be floating out there, you know, it, it could lead to them, you know, with a little bit of a talent vacuum. And that kind of rolls into our next topic. How are these new coaches doing at their, at their jobs in terms of recruiting? I seem to think, it seems to be like they're all in the same thing. They're all in a holding pattern. And Nick mentioned it before we started recruiting. Nobody knows who the assistant coaches are going to be. So it doesn't seem like they're adding a lot of commits. Texas A&M has 15 I would have to check Florida State, but it's not like Florida State is getting any new commitments. I think there are a couple guys uh, that that will jump in the fold. Some of those guys that had been committed to Oregon uh, from the state of Florida seems like seems like there's some buzz there. Uh, what's been your overall takeaway, though, Rob? Because it seems like 
nobody can do anything. I mean, Florida State's got nine commits. So <laughs> we they're not going to find, you know, 16 guys in the next two days, are they? It's the worst, the worst year ever to be a coach, a new coach in a new situation and have to make up ground on the stretch. Jimbo has a nice situation at AM because he kind of inherited a commitment list that was much better than the one he left behind at Florida State. So while I think everybody on this podcast is in agreement that Willie Taggart is going to do a fantastic job recruiting to FSU. This year comes with a couple caveats because, look, you've got nine commits. Uh, a lot of people are going to be signing, especially with Miami. Uh, a lot of the in-state talent is signing with Miami in f- three days, which is a problem. Uh, a lot of the, the guys that you usually go up and get out of that North Carolina area will be signed in three days, which is also a problem, uh, especially for a new coach with no assistance. So while I think they'll be able to get some of these guys they're in on, uh, and obviously I think Warren Thompson will end up there and Isaiah Bolden and maybe some of these, maybe even you know some some of these guys that are, that are committed elsewhere, it's going to be that that run between now and February where you know have you as you've referenced, where do you turn uh, half the you know, half the half the chips are going to be off the table that would usually be on there. And I think that puts these new coaches, including Taggart, in a really kind of tough spot for his first class. Yeah, look at Ole Miss has 12 commits, and I'm not sure what where they if they can get to 25 with scholarship productions and stuff like that. They're obviously going to have plenty of scholarships available with players leaving. Oregon has 19 commits right now. I like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, Malcolm Lamar from from uh Armwood, you know, jump ship. Uh, I think is he the only oh Jonathan King the DN. I don't think Florida State necessarily is pursuing him though, are they, Rob? No, I think the big so, ones were, were Lamar and then they've already obviously Warren Thompson's already decommitted. So Right, and, those are the Bolden. only two Flo- right and Bolden. So their their Florida commits have already jumped ship and I would expect Lamar to do the same. So that that would give them eighteen commits. I think they're gonna end up holding on a lot of guys. Um you know, some of the Florida State, you know, as I said, nine, Texas A&M, you know, with a limited amount of commits as well, uh, with 15. Florida also is – we've seen a ton of turnover in their class. Um, yeah, you know, it's they weird have 12, because they're cleaning house too. I mean, a lot, some of that has been self-inflicted, which right, – Do you have enough kids, confidence right? in yourself to start dumping these kids? I, I mean, I guess. Well, when you see the dumped kids end up at, you know, Minnesota or wherever, maybe maybe you see why. I'm just talking from a sheer number standpoint. Right. No, I, I agree with you on that one. Um, you know, they have 12. So uh, you know, I, I wrote an article today where I put, you know, who stands to benefit the most and the least from this early signing period. And the teams that were the least were teams with new coaches because it, there's just not there's just, just not enough time. And not knowing who the assistants are is really hurting. And I think Florida has hired some assistants over the past week. It's going to help them get some guys. Looks like they're going to get Trey Dean, the former uh, Florida or former Tennessee commit, because they hired Tennessee's DB coach. So there are going to be some guys who jump on board. But uh, it's it's hard. I'm worn out. I'm sure people can hear that 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 uh, we're all tired. We've been on the road and, and had all types of things going on. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. We'll, and we'll hopefully revisit some of these topics uh, later in the week after everything all the, the dust settles. Now it's time uh, for Tweet of the Week. You subtweet people all the time. You're nothing but an embarrassment. We have two tweets here, which the first one uh, is from Rob Cassidy. So, Rob, let's let you uh, you read out uh, the one you put here on the sheet. I enjoyed. I enjoyed. It looks like the original one was was committed, but Sean Shivers, who is about a five foot six running back, who's committed to Auburn, one of the fastest players in the country, tweets out a Kentucky thing, like a Kentucky logo, and it said something like, "It's since been deleted." Like, I'm considering Kentucky or Go Cats or something with the Big Blue Nation hashtag, and his teammate, who is committed to Kentucky. <laughs> tweets at him flip then and he goes yeah you know i might want to play quarterback which is of course a shot at kentucky not ever being able to keep a quarterback that got committed and i laughed pretty hard at that one roasted him sorry sorry big blue nation he started out with a, as a compliment the next thing you know uh he's he's dragging through the mud that's shivers um, funny, though. now my my tweet comes from uh, dallas wise who's a player i saw at a at a game and i I wrote down in my notes as somebody I liked, and I needed to go back and make him a, a, a profile on our site. So I uh, did a, a Google search for him, and what comes up with this tweet, which is a little bit old but still funny, which says, uh, if your girl don't act like she your mother, then what you doing? <laughs> Question <laughs> I guess. What are you doing, Rob? I, I don't know what I'm doing, man. What are you doing, Nick? Uh, <laughs> 
Right? Does your girl act like your mother, uh, Nick? He's gone. Uh, oh, there, he is. <laughs> there is no right answer to this question. No, oh, com- no comment on that one. I could tell you that if my girl acted like my mother, uh, I'd be in jail for 30 to life or <laughs> murder-suicide situation. My favorite <laughs> running theme in this podcast is Woody hates his mom. And I wonder if the listeners are like, is that a joke or does he actually hate his mom? <laughs> uh, well, I guess anybody who could, has any sort of perception of uh, – of uh, people should know that it's definitely it's definitely not a joke. Oh wait, I have I have one last tweet, which comes from Tyreek Johnson, who tweeted this just six hours ago. He said, "Am I the only one who thinks Chick Fil A lemonade falling off?" <laughs> wow, <laughs> which got forty four likes. So guess what, Chick Fil A lemonade. The people have spoken, huh? I wonder, <laughs> wonder if the recipes change. Yeah, mature Tyreek is really going after uh, going after the chicken industry now. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And I, I, it's been a while since I've had it, but you know, I love lemonades of all types, especially the the tartar, the better. Uh, for, uh, how about my, green? How about green lemonade? Yeah, oh, geez, I think we told that story on this podcast, didn't we? What a nightmare yeah. that was. Rob, you weren't on that episode, but uh, see, so you probably didn't listen. Yeah, I don't even know what green had, lemonade is. Yeah, we went to we went to uh, we were in New Orleans and we went to eat some uh, we went to eat some lemonade or, or have some food and get lemonade, not eat lemonade. And the lemonade was green. And I said, "Why?" And they said, uh, "It was because St. Patrick's Day was was coming up or something like that." <laughs> I was like, you know, it's this. It's oh, they said it was St. Patrick's Day weekend, and I think it was the week before. And I was like, "Is that big of a deal at this chicken place that we need to dye the?" The, the lemonade and of course you know the girl didn't want to ha- hear anything i had to say um and nick you sent us a text of a tweet is this not not for yeah it's not appropriate <laughs> <laughs> what is the deal Lady, ladies do like post malone don't they yeah absolutely boy i see a lot I, of attractive I women. feel like they like it ironic they like him ironically i i can't really get a great handle on it but it doesn't seem like a genuine thing it feels like the way that people felt about paul wall years ago yeah, it's, or it's kind of a novelty problem. act, you know, or like uh, Bismarck Key, novelty rap as a genre. Or, or that, Nick's... that wasn't that wasn't really the nature of the tweet that I yeah. said. No, oh, that my wasn't. phone is on the charger. I haven't seen it. That was not the. There was <laughs> it was a funny tweet, which it's a visual tweet though, so we can't read it on the show. But it was just somebody else. To, it was someone telling someone else that they look like Post Malone. Yeah, great radio here. Cyberbullying at its yeah. finest. Yeah, it was definitely cyberbullying for sure. <laughs> All right, moving on. Time for rants and recommendations. I don't have a whole lot. I do have a story from next door, which uh, which we might tell. You guys got anything new you're watching or anything new to complain about? I'm just watching my life expire <laughs> nick you got anything new no okay so uh next door some people are familiar with it it's this app uh I, th- I did see something about it on like uh you know cnbc the other day we happened to be on the tv i was watching uh, somewhere and and they were mentioning that they got an influx of cash so uh, maybe we should buy some stock in next door anyway it's kind of like a, it's basically just like a giant facebook group where people say you know slightly racist things and try to sell things on there and you know, complain about suspicious people in their neighborhood, often lost cats and things like that. And it, it drives me crazy at times. Uh, anyway, uh, so some <laughs> there's a lot of lost cats. There's a lot of lost cats, found cats. I need money to feed these lost cats I found, you know, um, uh, to the point where it seems almost like people are, there are people will be, people will be trapping animals and be like, I caught this cat in my trap, trying to trap my own cat. You know, is this someone else's cat? So, so this guy posts on next door and says, <laughs> at the risk of incurring the displeasure of the townsfolk, how about caring as much for all the homeless humans as you do for a bunch of humans and mangy diseased? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as much as you do for a bunch of mangy diseased stay cats, <laughs> which he meant stray, obviously. I call it crazy cat lady syndrome. Spay and neuter and focus on your human neighborhood <laughs> creatures in need. Thank you. <laughs> one word. Thank you is one word. Um, he also spelled incurring with one R. And my favorite part of this is by far at the risk of incurring the displeasure of the townsfolk. <laughs> Who talks like that? What year is this? Hey, I got I got news for you. He's not wrong. If it, you know, you made it really. This really seemed like it was a cat app, a cat tracking app, which is just like you know the the fervor for cats is out of control. I. 
What what's the obsession? I don't I'm not sure I understand, you know. <laughs> I just putting your risk putting yourself at risk of getting cat scratched later. Well, well meanwhile, meanwhile, did you see that story over the holidays where the guy the the guy went to or over Thanksgiving where the guy went to go get gas for that woman in New Jersey or whatever and then they started a Kickstarter for him and then all of a sudden he had like three hundred and eighty thousand dollars in donations or something like that. They did the homeless guy? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, and me, meanwhile we're out here, you know, slaving slaving away before early signing day. <laughs> meanwhile, Nobody's we're out here retwe- retweeting recruits with the exact same thing the recruits said. <laughs> well, listen. <laughs> Did you hear the story of that that homeless guy, though, Nick? Uh, th- that he's a military veteran. No, no, she ran out of gas. Yeah, he I know. And, he, and, and I took and, and and here's the here's the other thing too, right? So the way that I heard the story is he tells her, "Stay in your car, lock the door. I'm going to go get gas with my last twenty dollars." Right? Mm-hmm. And she and she just believed him. Like, are you going <laughs> to believe some? Some crazy homeless guy. Wait, what is supposed to be the one with the cold heart on this podcast? You're really infringing on his brand here. No, it's, it's, if some homeless guy said, "No, just stay in your car. I'll take care of everything," and you've never, you've never met before, and he's homeless. Yeah, I'm probably peeling out. Like, I did, like yeah, I'm out of there. There's no doubt. Well, she ran out of gas. She guess she call, had no. But choice. call an Uber or something and come back to your car later. How are you? How long are you going to trust this guy to fix your problem? I don't. I'm not doing that. Get get real. Was her phone dead too? <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I, like, I do. Your phone I, like, I like that. It reminds me of a time when I first, you know, here I was. Uh, I've told you guys about this story, but I don't think I've told it on the podcast before. Here I was, you know, some yokel from Oregon who happened to move down to uh, to Florida, and I saw somebody out of gas, or you know, so, some lady who was struggling on the side of the road. So I pulled over to to help her, which is what you do, you know, in folksy parts of the U.S., right? And, uh, I, I pull over to help her and I get out of the car and she goes, no, no, get away, go away. <laughs> like, I was like, do you need any help? She's like, no, no, leave. Like, <laughs> yeah, she probably, she just probably has access to the Womack database where everybody else knows you're a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, she, she did not. Well, this was, you know, this was in my early days too. Uh, here I was thinking I was going to be a nice guy and help her out. So that was the end of, uh, she was transporting end. some kind of contraband or something. Yeah, yeah who knows? Well, so, Body in the backseat. Anyway, I was trying to find the responses to said post, but it was a couple of weeks ago. And I, I think someone, it probably got reported and deleted, sadly. Um, but anyway, I, I enjoy when people attack people on, uh, people come out fire in there on, uh, on Nextdoor. So we will be sure to try to include more Nextdoor stories when I, when I get a chance. So that wraps it up. Uh, relatively short episode this week uh you know we we recorded late last week and early this week so any questions you guys might have for us please hit us up on twitter once again leave us itunes reviews uh we continue to hear from people in various walks of life i got a i actually got a message on linkedin from somebody uh congratulating saying they like the podcast which was a which was a first new area please you know don't necessarily friend me on linkedin because it's just annoying. You get like a million emails. I don't. People I don't really know use what that thing. I, I never. I don't know. I think I have you just a, keep, a profile, but it says like my college internship still or something. Well, add Rob on LinkedIn so he gets a thousand emails. No, I don't saying, even have the email. I don't have that email anymore, so it will not affect me in any way if you add me on LinkedIn. <laughs> Are you sure? Because I get emails on multiple accounts. I get like emails on on my work account i get emails on my thing this person would like to connect and you go and it's it's probably some message board poster just trying to get a look at my resume so they can make fun of me my 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 linkedin is linked to my college email which i never renewed after college you had to pay to keep it so it just died not that for a scam by the way yeah no kidding Let, let me give a big shout to the uh to the to the person who sent me the message real quick i'll tell her name um her name is dina kalunga so she says she wanted to personally message me and thanks for the connection. Love the podcast. So you can find her on Twitter at, at always compete. Boy, what an alpha. Uh, that's an alpha Twitter handle, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it you know, I'll tell you what it is. It's a, it's a handler handle. Yeah, that's right. She might want to start a seven on seven team. Absolutely. Um, if, you, if we would have played a game, you know, what, what's her job on LinkedIn? Well, she's uh, she covers Trojan football for SB Nation. If we would have done uh, reporter or handler, and you would have read that, you would have read that handle. I definitely would have guessed handling. Yeah, always compete is definitely a handler name. So, uh, 
you know, she's always got to fall back. Give us the review on iTunes. Don't send Woody a message through LinkedIn. Come on, Dina. Yeah, come on, Dina. Get it together. You get so Dina has one follower I know, and he is a coach at a FCS football program. Can you guess it? One guess each. Oh man, is it is is it uh is it Howard? No, Nick, you got one. A coach at an FCS program? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. No, I don't know. He's what he Kentucky seems like. <laughs> Kentucky Christian. I think they're NAI. He seems uh, like a coach you would like, Nick. His name is Drew Dudzik, uh, and he's the outside receivers coach at James Madison. He also follows our girls. So, uh, big shout, Dina. But yeah, please leave us a review on iTunes. We do not. We have not gotten a new review with commentary since November nineteenth. Wow, that is sad. I mean, failing, failing no, my, podcast. All right, we're getting tremendous ratings, big ratings, but uh, you know the 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 failing uh, our failing audience is not leaving any reviews. So please do that for us. Do us a big favor. My birthday's coming up. I mean, come on, it's almost my birthday, people. We should bribe uh, these people to leave reviews with a personalized you screaming at them. Take I can record it. You can call them oh. names as you do strangers. Well, I would gladly do that. You give me any topic to talk. I'll just just send us your social media handle and I will make fun of you. Uh, <laughs> please, that's easy. Um, give you the real life experience. So so that wraps up this week's episode. Big shot. M. Deuce, by the way, continues to listen all the way through, or at least maybe he just tunes into the end. He sent me several messages, several pictures of his new house and said he is expanding. He's expanding the brand. Uh, he, he's expanding the uh, studio space in his new place, so he'll have some some new music. And he also identified the guy who was in the picture, and I still couldn't remember who it was, despite him looking real familiar. I think his name was Ty Freeze. How's that for a name, huh? It's a coach's name. Yeah. All right, so that wraps it up. We'll be back maybe on Friday, maybe on uh, Saturday, maybe on another day. So leave us a review. We'll be back next week. Bye.